Hi, I'm Mahani. Hi, I'm Erin with two R's. Welcome to Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads. Hi, welcome back to Wine, Tea, and Tasty Read, episode 10. Episode 10! Because that's 10 in German. I know I'm a nerd. <laughs> I know it. Okay. Wow. Let's go. Just keep going. Moving on. I apologize for my friend. Don't apologize for me. I'm not sorry. Today we are going to talk about chapter 61 to the end of Children of the Blood and Bone by Tony Adeyemi. I'm so sad we're at the end of this book. I know, but at the same time, I'm I'm kind of happy because I want to start the next one. I've already I'm already halfway through the next one. Y'all know I read ahead. I cannot help it. <laughs> Anyway, we probably should start with our two-minute recap. So, a lot happens in these next chapters all the way to the end. We start out with a passionate moment between Inan and Zaylee that is interrupted by horns. And the Royal Guard come charging in and they take out uh, Zoo and that makes an entire chaotic uproar of the villagers and and then Kwame uses blood magic to you know burn himself out and ends up burning the whole village and oh, it was a sacrifice yeah it was a sacrifice and 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 then uh Zaley and Inan are taken well Zaley's taken Inan kind of just never mind <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there later dot 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 um, I no longer, I no longer like you not. good. And uh, and then next chapter, we find Amari and uh, Zane find out that Zaylee has been taken, and Amari totally comes into herself and does this whole "I will be the Lioner" thing, and we're gonna go rescue your sister. It's can you awesome. can you say that again, please? I will be the Lioner. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And so they they travel into Gombe. Go, go, I can't say it. I'm sorry. Gombe. Thank you. And I might not also correct because I was reading it and I don't know. Gombe and and uh, you know Zaylee's taken down and she's tortured and they carve maggot into her back. It's awful and she loses her magic because the king's like a crazy ass sociopath. Um, Amari and Zane go into this underground club and they meet all of these magi and they awaken their magic and they make an army and they go and save Zaylee and Zaylee sleeps it off and they waste a whole lot of time so they have to go through the pirates and then there's a hot pirate and they do take a ship and they go to the island hot pirate and they go to oh and on the ship they have this beautiful sisterly moment and then they do the thingy and ancient magic and magic is back <laughs> Ta-da! Hey, you barely... Well, you went a little longer. I did. I'm but you did it! You I did, did it! I did it! I did it! I'm so proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I just missed a few things. Just a few things. It's okay, because we're going to talk about that um, in just a moment. So maybe we should go ahead and get started with the drinks. Um, are you going to butcher this wine this time? No, I know how to say this one. So what are we drinking? <laughs> it's a Texas wine from Pertinalis Valley, which I've been to. I was actually a member of their club for a really long time. Pertinalis, shout out. Love you guys. This is their uh, 2018 Texas Tempranillo. And the nose is pretty mild, actually. 
you get some plum in there. There's some cherry back there somewhere. Uh, nice, rich nose. And the taste, you get that nice bitterness up top, kind of grapefruity. And then you have the you have the plummy undertones after that and, and some nice rich cherry in the back. It's, it's just a really nice sipping wine. Perfect for a hot summer day in Texas heat. Well, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no. you. But um, one of the things that I always hear people complain about about Texas wine is just like, oh, the wine is not good in Texas. Texas actually has really good blends, and Spanish grapes grow really well here because we have a similar climate to Spain, and that's why this Tempranillo is actually so good. So if you're just not sold on Texas wine, you need to find a temp, and you need to probably go to Perdinalis. <laughs> and also, this one's, this one's not too, too smoky, but I will tell you, here in Texas, we do smoke pretty damn well, and and the Tempranillo takes it beautifully. Uh, some of the other years that I've had, they've had just a little bit of nice, rich, smoky on it. Uh, the 2016 had some smokiness in there, and it was just divine. Oh, the 2016 was my mm -hmm. favorite. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites. I always have it in my wine rack. So Temper uh, Perdinalis Valley. Hard shout out to you guys. Love your wine. Ta-da! Chapter 61. Oof. Jesus. You know, by the time I got to the end of the book, I felt like I couldn't even remember what happened in the beginning of the chapters. Oh, it I was... know. Well, the whole book, really. It, it just, it was... It's hard to remember that this started with Zaylee not actually trusting herself, mm -hmm. um, being pretty lost. This book, it, all of the action is in the back. It's it's hard to remember what happened in the first few chapters that we read from well, I mean, the end. In this genre, you know, you said a lot of the scene. You said a lot of the status quo at the beginning, and you said a lot of, like character um not character development you know because that happens over time that's what we the, the characters have grown and so much even some of the minor characters but at the beginning you really just you just meet them you meet them where they are and then that's where their character arc begins and that's why we can't really remember what happened because not much happened until about what chapter 20 yeah it was like Lacan died and then <laughs> everything happened. Right. And, and honestly, do you feel like the Amari and Zaylee running into each other in the market just seems so not important at the time? Like when it happened, I was just kind of like, all right, like, who's yeah. this tumbleweed that yeah. has attached herself to our dear protagonist. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, who is this? Who gives a shit about the stupid princess? And right. now she's the lioness. <laughs> I'm like, Amari. I I'm think Amari's my favorite that. character. No, just absolutely. I love Zaylee. Okay, don't get yeah. me wrong. Zaylee is the reason that I read this entire book. For sure. I love Zaylee. I, I love everything about Zaylee. I want to put her in my pocket. But probably I, had the biggest growth yeah, as a human. Fantastic character arc. 
Oh gosh. It's, the 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 amount when when she when she had that moment where I need to be able to control a room like my mother with an arch of an eyebrow and I'm like yeah do yes, it girl you do you Woo! are the queen <laughs> I love you you know I'm sitting here wanting to kiss her feet it's she's fantastic in these chapters I I fell she's madly just, in love with Amari I'm so happy to have like to have seen or read a character like Amari that. That character doesn't happen as much in this genre. Not no, a female. It doesn't. Yeah, it really usually doesn't. it's it's a male character that kind of steps up, like like Inan. Mm-hmm. Like traditionally, Inan would have been the one that stepped up and like saved the day. Not so much because men are supposed to save the day, just because that's what happens in this type of genre. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> well, it's. I mean, usually they go for the king. It's the king. It's the prince that turns into the king. But yes. now it's the princess that turns into the queen. And I love it. Yes. I love it. I'm like, you arch that eyebrow, girl. Bitch, be crazy. <laughs> so I I just, Amari, honestly, it kept me reading. Because at first when I got her point of view, I was like, I just skip you know <laughs> yeah i was i was very frustrated with amari i'm like why are you so scared of everything this man like, up girl. oh my god i have to control everything how hard is my life <laughs> you know i'm just like all right all right but no now she's pulling out swords and stabbing people well i mean i i just and like thinking about lobbing off her father's head which i was crazy about i'm like yeah you cut that crazy sociopath's head off girl well, and that's a do big it. thing to do to like consider patricide you know yeah. like not even considering like regicide like she could just be tried as a traitor and at this point she is mm-hmm. you know and at this point i'm pretty sure her entire family knows that she's considered a traitor which oh, yeah. makes inan's role so much more of a he's just he's a flea like he's a total douchebag he's just i take back all the nice things i said about you Anon. i thought i thought you had potential and you and you betrayed all of us it's no longer episode e9 that we did last time now it's just episode nine you don't yeah. get you know you don't get an episode no it's not yours we're taking it back but it just <laughs> it just makes Inan's descent more poignant because Amari did become this more regal person. Absolutely. This more strategic mm-hmm. person. She does care yeah. about everybody. And she does, like, to this, now, I feel like her and Benta had a true friendship. Yeah. Whereas before, I was just like, well, she was your servant. She was kind of paid to be there. But now I'm really thinking, like, yeah, she was paid to be there. Or she was forced to be there. Whichever one it was. I think it was, it, I think, are they... They no, slaves? they're forced. They're she forced. was a slave. Yeah, so she was slaved. <laughs> okay, she was enslaved. So, um, you know, she's forced to be there, but it just kind of maybe it made her day that she had somebody that was kind. But I, still, I think that's in the story arc. Um, yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was doing the exact same thing. I'm like, you actually were friends with Benta. Oh. You did value her friendship. Yeah. It's, you do have a heart, and you you are not just a wishy washy little spoiled ass princess, right? I was just like, were you just? Because at first I was like, are you just planning on handing this scroll off and like running back to your dad and be like, okay, bye, I'm back. I don't know what happened to the scroll. What are you talking about? What scroll? What are you talking about? You know. <laughs> but no, she was just like, no, I have to get the scroll to the right people because if they find out, you know, I don't want anybody else to die like that. 
And that's, that's, that's huge. I, I really also still love, 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 love her budding relationship with Zane. Oh yeah. Because that's just, I, I just, they're totally going to be a power couple. I, I just find it hilarious that he did not bat an eye at anybody else that was trying to get his attention at the beginning of the book. And here we are at the end and like, he only has eyes for Amari. I know. So sweet. <laughs> it's adorable. And, and for a change, the, it's a pining young man. Instead of a pining young woman. Right. So, right. Thank she you. She does not need him. Yeah. She is a strong black woman who don't need no man. But yeah. she wants Zane. And that's and he's, cool. And he's, and he's pining after her. It's, right. It's not the other way around. It's, it's like, finally, finally, us girls get to take the lead and get the guy instead of have the guy fall into our laps, you know, or have the guy get the girl. Yeah, and I, I think, um, and like I said, I have read ahead, and I'm just like, I still, all I'm going to say is I still like the dynamic in book two, which you should definitely read. Oh, I'm oh, I'm definitely going to read that book, because you, you the ending was just like, no, yeah. it really was. I was just like, I am down, I literally, it's, I was on vacation, and I downloaded the book immediately. I didn't have it, I don't have any more space on my phone, and I, st- I deleted pictures and videos so I could have the book (laughs) so that's how that's how much I wanted to read that book and it was worth it it was worth it I don't even know what pictures I deleted I just deleted stuff (laughs) can we talk about this crazy dreamscape interaction that Zaylee and Inan have oh after during the torture Oh yeah. Well, let's talk or, about that one later. first. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, let's talk about that one first. So, so Inan pulls Zaylee into the streamscape again, and they have. He's trying to comfort her, and she's crying because, you know, Inan let his crazy ass sociopathic father have at her because he's a dick, and he's trying <laughs> to comfort her, and he's like, "I, you're safe here." It's like, no shithead, she's not safe. It's I, your fault. She's not safe. But and she just, she loses gosh. her magic because of because of all of this torture. I'm not sure if it's well. I think she just lost touch with it. Like you know how you if you feel you're not grounded in reality and you're like dissociating. But this in this case, it's more like she was forced to, yeah. and whatever they gave her really did attempt to change her as a human. Yeah, I I think it had something to do with that black stuff that they poured into her neck. Through yeah. the tube. Yeah. So uh, whatever happened, it, it was it was bad. And, and she's lost touch with her magic. And Inan's trying to comfort her. And he's failing miserably because he's a dick. And I no longer like Inan. And then they have this other interaction in the dreamscape where it sounds to me like they have relations. It gets pretty passionate. Was that? Oh, wait a minute. No, that was before. Yeah, that was before that. We, I think that might have been on the last section. Well, you know what? We can still talk about that. Yeah. It, 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 but see, the, the thing about the dreamscape is it's, since it's magic, it actually happened. Yeah. Is how I feel about that. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. And, and Zaylee comes back after Inan does all of this stuff to her and completely betrays her. And she feels so dirty and awful because she, she gave herself to him and he just completely stabbed her in the back, almost literally, in this sense. 
because of the torture that he allowed his father to perform on her. Honestly, he should have... He, I, I, I don't know. I can't say what he should have done. I can say that when he walked in and he, he should, I don't know, some, some kind of way he should have been like, no, we're letting her go. No, we're letting her go. No, like it should have been an insisted thing. Whatever it is, he should have grown a pair right then. And then, but instead he chose to crawl into his father's vagina and <laughs> die. It's not okay, Inan, what you're doing. <laughs> And then he he has this moment of possible retribution where he has the opportunity to leave with Zane and Amari. Oh, gosh, the whole... And he's just like, no, I'm going to fight for you on this end. I'm like, no, you're not, you little shithead. You're really not. You're a coward. What's wrong with you? He's a coward. He's a coward. He he handed Zane off. When he handed her off, I was like, that's it. That's it. If you let her go at this point, that's it. And then he, I will find you again. No, you're not. You cowardly little prick. Okay. All right. Cool. Sure. Let's just sure. go away. Sure, asshole. Go sure. away. Okay. I hope some of y'all are not having, uh, being with people like this, like Inan in real yeah. life. Because if you read this book and you're like, away. oh my God, walk my away. lover is like Inan, leave, kick him out, kick him out. Kick yourself out. Like, leave. Just leave. You can come I mean, stay at my place because you can't be with that We've guy. all made those mistakes. Gosh. But walk away. It's, it's just... Oof. I've made those mistakes. Walk, walk away. Walk away. <laughs> okay. Let's... Uh, God. I just... I just <clears throat> okay. I, I do... I think maybe we should save the talk about the... Um, the magi that Amari found in the um, the underground... The speakeasy. The speakeasy. Well, it was a speakeasy. It was literally a speakeasy. I was just like, yes. what's the password? <laughs> that's that's what was but, happening um, in my head. The same. Yes. Did you just spit at me? That's Welcome. What, that's what that's what I like, Come on in. I'm already sitting there like, I think you just spat on me. Clutches pearls. <laughs> oh dear. Exactly. Oh my. No, it's just honestly, I think Amari needs her own episode, and we just don't have time for that. Yeah. But she honestly, the the episode we gave her inane brother <laughs> should have been, been hers. Mars. It should have been hers. We should have been celebrating her. But we need we needed to we needed to be mad at E nine. E nine. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even calling him his real no, name anymore. He doesn't deserve it. I. He's part of the sign of the beast. Oh wait, no, that's six. <laughs> no. I think we should put the kettle on at this point. Good call. Okay. No more wine for me. Yeah, we're gonna cut her off right now, and um, we're gonna go put the kettle on, and we'll be back. we're back second part of wine tea and tasty reads we're gonna discuss the second part of our book but first erin what are we drinking today so we are back to uh one of our favorites sleepy time vanilla and it's caffeine free herbal tea it has chamomile spearmint lemongrass natural french vanilla flavor (laughs) 
Blackberry leaves, hawthorn, orange blossoms, tilia flowers, and rosebuds. <laughs> the sleepy time part of that is the hawthorn, cause um, oh yeah, you about to go to bed. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> and you do get that hint of vanilla, like we always like mm -hmm. we like. So, so this is one of our favorites, um, and it does have that spearmint, and um, you will go to fuck to sleep <laughs> after you drink this. <laughs> we need to calm down after all of that yelling at E9. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's it's not okay because we're on Zane now, and <laughs> so we're on Zane and Amari, and Zaylee is recovering. Oh my gosh, we got to talk about her bringing the magic back. Like they, it was probably the most stressful chapter was when she was trying to say everything and remember everything to give get bring the magic back. That was stressful. Yeah, because the douchebag made her destroy the scroll. Not only he, he like baited her, he baited her, and uh. and and held it in front of himself and made her destroy the scroll. But not only that, like her father, knowing for the fact that his father is the reason her mother is not here, he is the reason her father is gone. Like, he is the reason. Yep. Dude, killed her dad. Literally. Had her tortured. And then made her destroy one of the most important things that she ever had in her hands because the bitch got scared he was afraid because he saw the burner sacrifice his life in that village he was like maybe it's better if we don't have magic yeah. no it's not better if we don't have magic and then it Idiot. freaked him it, it freaked him out even more with when uh he saw the cancer go through i want to backpedal a little bit and talk about uh these magi that helped zaylee escape from gome gombe Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep messing up that name, but you know what I'm talking about. The city place. The city place. <laughs> so I thought it was really neat how she made the twins uh, a healer and a cancer. So they offset each other. And she also talked about back in the village when her her mother was uh, was still alive, they would follow around a healer sometimes to help people that were, you know, kind of on their last breaths to move comfortably into the spirit world. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think it's really interesting how these two offsetting spirits seem to go together, you know, Reaper and a healer go together and a cancer and a healer go together because. Well, it is, it's really, it's about balance. Yeah. Really is what, what it seems like to me. You know, you have all of these clans that have, but I mean, Reef or Reaper Magi of life and death is what it says about the Magi clans. I mean, it's life and death go hand in hand. You cannot Absolutely. have life without death and there's no death if there's no life. You know, like it's just, it's together. And you can't have healing and, without disease. Right. And so like you, I mean, you basically have to have something to heal. But those are by the same, um, they have the same um, deity, deity in this, in this case. So like if the fact that the twins are a healer and a cancer, it's just, they're twins. So they're going to be governed by the same god or goddess i'm not sure who it is um babaloaye i'm not sure if that's male or female um because i don't know much about the other clans besides oya oh, yeah. 
Um, but I, I, I did think that was a good touch. I also thought that when Amari took charge, it's, they have this tentative trust in her, but her words make sense. And it's not the words of a despot. It's not the words of uh, a tyrant. Right. She was raised by politicians, so she knows how to speak. And she was also brought up very closely to someone she loved dearly in Binta that was balanced and grounded and was magical. So she has a lot of love for this side of the culture, I guess. is the Yeah, yeah. I guess so. She has a lot of love for, for that side of the, the culture and the world. and But she also has this eloquence that you can only get from being in the type of cultural development that she was in, mm-hmm. being brought up in the palace and having to deal with all of the silly, gossipy nonsense. Well, I mean, it, it does, there, you know, nobility does have its price, you know, like Absolutely. there's, of course, obviously there's good things about that. But on the other hand, there's some fake things about it that you have to learn to navigate. And she did. She did learn how to navigate that because that was supposed to be her life. It really was. Um, and she decided that's not... It's not so much she decided that's not the life she wanted. She decided that she should have control over whether or not people could live the way they needed to live. Um, she had respect for humans in general. Yeah. And that's what's missing from from the king and from... Her crazy-ass sociopathic father and brother that and mother probably around like a puppy dog. Yeah, Right. It's just like Inan never actually took into account other humans and what happened he only took an account what happened to Zaylee and Amari said if this is happening to Benta then this has to be happening to other people she actually was very upset about you know the um what are they called when they were when they were slaves they weren't called slaves they were called they got sent to the stocks yeah um and I don't remember what I can't, they called there them. was another word but it, at that point there was she she did not want she was just like oh gosh these people have to be sacrificed and when we win this there will be more death and the same thing with Zaylee Zaylee was always thinking about how much death there is going to be they were always oriented to something better than them something more than them I mean but even even Inan and Inan I keep telling me nine now even <laughs> Inan horrible. even Inan kind of had this moment where he was taken aback by his father he he kept mentioning Zaylee as a it he forgot that she had a name he wouldn't refer to her as a human because to him she might as well have been a cockroach he mm. was just as far as he was concerned he was pulling the legs off a cockroach who cares um but he's you know, he he dehumanized everybody. But what Inan didn't realize is he was doing the exact same thing. Uh, he When you hear him talk about the stuff that happened at the camp, he barely talks about Kwame as a person. He talks about him as a 
He says the burner. He yeah, he says the burner. As... He doesn't use his name. Um, he also, when when they're attacked at the at the guard post, he refers to the cancer as the little freckled girl was the worst. Yeah, and that oh, I just wanted to punch him in his throat. Like tired of hearing him speak. It is just. There was such a difference in how they perceive things. I just, Inan just never got it. Amari did. She said, I am, I I just, well, I don't want to go too far into what I've already read. But ultimately, when she decides, she was like, okay, I'm going to have to be queen, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and if I'm going to be queen, I'm going to have to do these things. I'm going to have to get rid of the king. I'm going to have to take over and I'm going to need an army for that. And to do that, I'm going to have to be strong. And I'm also going to have to care about the people that I'm leading into battle. (laughs) Right. And it's, yeah, I agree. That's the big difference. The king doesn't, not only does the king not care about the people that he's killing, he also doesn't even really care about his soldiers. At least Inan looks at these soldiers that are being, you know, bulldozed down by these magi as people. I mean, mind you, he's not looking at the Magi as people, but at least he sees the human and the soldier. We think, well... Possibly. I I think we need to talk about just that moment that Zaylee gets to experience where she sees her mom again. You know, that was... It was a really beautiful moment. But at the same time, it was kind of troubling because her mom was like, you're not done. <laughs> and she's like, uh, but I'm ready to be done. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to stay. Yeah, it was kind of cute. It's almost like the time when you see a, a kid starting to walk and they're they're getting excited. And then all of a sudden they notice that their mom's letting go of their hands and they're just like, wait a minute. No. Yeah. And they fall down. That's that's kind of what I was imagining. I thought it was refreshing because we saw so many of the souls, you know, wanting to be released and wanting to go to this positive place of, you know, like beyond the, the afterlife, whatever it was called. I can I can never remember the name of the place that it was called. <sighs> I should have written it down, but I didn't. And that's horrible. But, <laughs> you know, they, and that so many souls have passed through where Zaylee has called these souls back in exchange for whatever service they give to her. She sends them to the better place. <laughs> I don't say the good place. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> to the positive afterlife, whatever it is called. And it was just like she got to see a glimpse of that. For just a moment, even if it, it was just so temporary and being able to see her, her mother and but knowing that she had to go back to whatever it is. And her mom was like, oh, you're not done. <laughs> Why? You know, mm-hmm. and I wanted to do it for her. I was just like, oh, Zaylee should totally be done. But she also had this moment with her mom, too. Wait a minute. We can't leave Zane. So she yeah. knew she had to go back. She just I mean. You're sitting up in heaven and you're, you're going, I don't really want to go, but I will. You know, it's, I, I yeah. totally get where she's coming from with it. So Zaylee and Amari had this sweet little moment on, on the ship where they're braiding each other's hair and talking. And all of a sudden, Zaylee just blurts out, I can't feel my magic anymore. Yeah. And Amari freaks out 
but she steps into this big sister role so beautifully and comforts her and assures her, you know what, we're, we're already here, we're already doing this, and whatever happens, happens, we're going to get through it together, and, and I'm going to be behind you, and I was just, I was so impressed with how Amari has stepped into this older sister role for Zaylee and Zaylee seems to just fall into her arms so readily because not only has she not ever had a big sister, but she also missed out a lot on her mom because she was taken from her for, at such a young age. Well, I mean, even Amari has not really had a connection with anybody besides Benta. Like, she didn't have that connection with her mother either. She did not have that connection with her dad. She didn't have that connection with her brother. So the fact that they're... Zaylee feels like she can confide in Amari more than she would have gone to Zane says a lot. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of growth that happened with their bond um, over the whole course of this book. And, you know, to see it really get to a high point there was really sweet. It was refreshing, but it was it was really what we needed. Um, and it's what Zaylee needed at the time to to confide in somebody. Because I think if she had been holding it, holding it in, she would have had the hard, harder time trying to remember any incantations to try to get magic back when it was time. So in the epilogue, we find out that Zaylee successfully brought magic back. It's not exactly what everyone kind of thought it was going to be. Apparently, Amari has a little bit of magic in her also, because mm. she shows up with this white streak in her hair. Makes sense. And she she can do these, she she has some sort of a, an ability with her hands. It's not really specified. So, all the more reason to read the second book, yeah? Uh, <laughs> I would just let you know. Yes, read mm. the second book. <laughs> Definitely read it. Um... I think we should go ahead and do like the author's note for this book and then start talking about our next book that we're going to read because it kind of ties in together. Absolutely. And we definitely, even though Children of the Blood and Bone is a fantasy novel, it does have real themes. And we, we talked about it just briefly, but we didn't really go in depth into it because I knew there would <laughs> there would be a time where where this would be relevant. But um, if you read the author's note, it's basically it was written, you know, during the time that there was the, the killings of unarmed black men, um, women and also children just being shot by the police in our country. So and it's just those divisions are depicted in this book. I mean, it's, a, it's in a very fantasy way, but these are every single one of these characters are characters that we know in real life or we know of in real life. Even if we don't know them personally, we've heard or understood the argument or in, in one case, especially like the reason I'm bashing Anon so much is because there are people like that in real life. You know, we touched on that. Like if you have a boyfriend like this, leave him uh -huh. but i mean at on the same scale there's so many things happening in our country and there's always somebody with enon's point of view and that for me tied into the author's note you know um 
So if you identified with the deaths of any of these young characters, you know, that's what Adeyemi was thinking about when she was writing about, um, when she was writing about them, she was thinking about, um, she says she was, uh, if you cried for Zuleika and Salim cry for innocent children, like Jordan Edwards, Tamir Rice, and, um, Ayanna Stanley Jones, they were 15, 12 and seven, and they were shot and killed by police. Um, and the police were acquitted. Right. And I mean, that's, that's normal. Um, as an African-American person, we don't actually ever expect the police to get prosecuted if they've done something wrong. And that's, that's not the way it should be. No. And, and that's, that's really the pain of her note actually is really poignant with me. So, yeah, I, I agree. I thought it was pretty powerful too. It, it kind of took me aback when I, when I heard it, it's, it, it did, it very much hit home. Um, obviously I don't know firsthand what you're going through, but, it's when I when I heard about what happened, it was upsetting to me. Also, uh, you you know you look to the people like the police to protect you and help you, and in in many cases they do, but you know sometimes that's just not the case. And it was just stunning how many how much we heard about it all of a sudden, and it was disturbing. Um, yeah. So, and, and the, the funny thing was well, not so funny, but the thing about the author's note is that it really does tie into the next book that we had decided to read without us really knowing. Yeah. You know, when we, when we picked these books, we really picked things that were highly recommended or highly rated or things that we saw and then we're like, Oh my God, we should read this book. Um, for example, I had children of the blood and bone on my shelf for at least four years before we decided, well, not four years, but before we, it was quite some time. Yeah, I had I had it in my wish list for probably about three, four months. Yeah. So, well, mine had to be a year or two that I've had this book because I just, I, I hoard books. So, um, <laughs> but this one, the cover was poignant and I said, you know, I'm going to read this book. I know I'm going to like it. I just have to make the time for it. But um, our next book is going to be Harper Lee's Go Set a Watchman. And we know that this is like a sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird. And she published it before she died. But apparently she wrote it shortly after she wrote the first one and just never published it. She just kind of sat on it. Um, and I'm I'm really... To Kill a Mockingbird... Mo- Mockingbird. <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird is a difficult read in itself. And I still thought it was important enough to go back and read Go Set a Watchman. Um, just because there's probably a little bit more insight to what she was thinking and how she perceived things at the time. Um, and she has, you know, passed on a few years ago. Um, yeah, she was born in 1926. Yeah. So she actually saw firsthand (laughs) what was happening at the time period. And I think that's why her books are going to be so, I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird is a classic. And I just think that it it has very important commentary from someone else who's not a part of the culture who was receiving (laughs) on the receiving end of the the oppression. Yeah. And I'd, I'd also like to mention how, sad it is that we're still talking about the same issues that we were what 90 years ago it's but that's neither here nor there it's it's but i i am really excited about 
getting into this Ghost at a Watchman. I haven't read it yet. I, I love To Kill a Mockingbird. It was poignant and heavy and made me cry. <laughs> uh, a couple times made me put the book down and make angry noises. <laughs> yeah. And I so think... I'm pretty sure Ghost at a Watchman is probably going to do the same thing to me. Yeah. And I think before we read this, we have to, we should mention, especially, well, we'll mention this probably every episode, is that we will mention that for us, you know, for me and Mahani, we are a safe place to talk about this with each other. So, <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's one of the reasons we can do this book. Um, cause I mean, we've known each other a long time and we know what each other have been going through. <laughs> so, you know, if you hear something and you're just like, I'm angry at them, um, you're just going to have to be angry. Quick thank you to all of our buddies over at Spec Sugarland, Frank, Matt, you guys have never given me a bad bottle and Pertinalis, we featured you guys today great bottles love the vineyard absolutely gorgeous place to go hang out and grab some wine if y'all are in the texas hill country definitely go stop by yeah i just definitely make that put that on your bucket list also want to do shout out to um the celestial seasonings for their sleepy time vanilla tea this is one of our favorites you've heard it several times and we're going to go ahead and pass out now <laughs> cheers until next time and remember, don't waste your time drinking bad wine. Don't oversteep your tea. And join us next week on Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads, a Giro Music production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Wine, Tea, and Tasty Reads wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Wine, Tea, Tasty Reads for fun extras and links to our bonus content.